0: Hello lovely friend, I am Dr Mary Barson and I'm Dr Lucy Burns, we are doctors and weight management and metabolic health experts and this is The Real Real Health and Weight Loss Podcast. Hello my gorgeous friends, it's Dr Lucy here this morning and I am without the gorgeous Dr Mary because I have a very special guest to interview. And I think that for all the women in the world, you will relate very well to my gorgeous guest, Sharon Streitberg. Sharon, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm very honored.
0: (laughs) Well, you know, I think that your story is remarkable and I say remarkable almost with tongue in cheek because it is a great story, but it's not that you're super special like that. Your story is you know one of those oh my god she's so rare type stories It's a story that we hear a lot but it's a story that makes a phenomenal difference to the person
1: experiencing the story. Yes, it's um, an interesting story you know one of one of travel and adventure and change. <laughs>
0: Indeed, indeed. So what I'd love to know, Sharon, if you could just set the scene for our listeners, just tell them a bit about who you are, where you live at the moment and even how you found real-life medicine.
1: So I am originally from Melbourne. I worked as a nurse in Melbourne for many years and then my husband was assigned to overseas duties with his corporation that he works for Uh, and I'm currently living in Switzerland Uh, where I've been for the last seven months. And prior to that, I was in Poland for five years. So I've had a very interesting change. And real-life medicine for me has been such a game-changer in my life. I'm happier, I'm healthier, um, which I never thought was possible. And it was introduced to me by a friend in Melbourne in about March this year, and she's also member of uh, real-life medicine and she told me about it and I went oh you know it's just another thing that I have to think about and um, yeah so here I am I bit the bullet. So your friend introduced
0: you to real-life medicine tell us about your health at that stage like what was going on for you why did she think that you needed to you know be introduced to us?
1: I was battling with my weight for many many years up and down all over the place I've tried numerous different lifestyle changing programs which were probably not as natural and real as they could be I don't know if I can mention which I would have tried but you know, of course yeah I yeah, was yeah, absolutely watches at 15 14 15 so I could get a beautiful deb dress way back in the day I look back at photos of that now I go I wasn't even overweight you know I was 40 but anyway I went and the diet trauma that I hear a lot about, I don't think I fully experienced that aspect, but constantly being bigger than my friends. Uh, then I started nursing and I put my weight on when I was at college because I was drinking 10 cans of Coca-Cola a day to stay awake because we were partying, of course, and studying in the day. And it just went from there just blew out of control and it just went up and up and up. Then I lost weight and I got down to a reasonable weight and then from then on it's just gone up and up. So at my heaviest I was 130 kilograms and I made some changes and I used a product called Isogenics, and it, it worked and I did maintain it but it just was so full of stuff that I shouldn't be putting in my body. And my girlfriend um, in March this year, because I'm still dabbling every now and then in shake meal replacement, uh, it's just not good to put stuff in your body. You don't know what it is.
0: No. And did you have any um, kind of health effects, you know, related to ongoing
1: weight gain? Yes. So four years ago I was diagnosed with type 2 diabetes, and hypertension I suspect the type 2 diabetes may have been a couple of years before diagnosis but I chose to ignore it I had this nurse good nurse bad nurse <laughs> the good nurse says I should do this and this is what I teach my my patients and my clients the bad nurse says ah it doesn't apply to you and <laughs> just you know yes it's
0: like, we call that the rebel, the rebel who doesn't care, just says,
1: bugger it. I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So I didn't believe I had hypertension. I just went to the doctor one day to, uh, I was in Poland then. And because I have a pacemaker for a non specific reason, unusual reason, but anyway, he did my blood pressure and it was like 260 on 120. And I'm like, Uh, I said, that's ridiculous. My blood pressure six months ago was perfectly stable. There was nothing wrong. So I just thought his machine was like the electronic machines, I just said, don't work on my arm because I have had a fat arm. (laughs) Just ignore it. Anyway, he said, just humor me and take these tablets. And so I was reluctant to take them because I didn't want to, you know, pass out from dropping blood pressure because I didn't trust the machine. Um, And then I flew to Australia because my dad was having surgery and I wanted to be in Australia. So they had a blood pressure clinic at the hospital and I thought I'll check it again and it was ridiculously high again. So I asked them to do it manually and they said, no, it's definitely high. So I ended up then agreeing with my doctor thinking, wow, what has changed? And I was checking my glucose levels at that time after the doctor had told me, and they were high. I think the week before I came to Australia, I was getting readings of 10 or 12 and up to 18, and I just thought I just couldn't believe it. You know, it was like total denial. And the warning signs were there, you know, you're getting up in the night to go to the bathroom. I was drinking water. I drink a reasonable amount of water, but I was drinking a lot more and I was thirsty at night. and, And I hadn't really changed my diet, even though I had tried to, from my previous discussion with my GP in Australia um, to manage my lifestyle. So the writing was on the wall.
0: It's so interesting, isn't it, though, how strong our denial mechanisms can be, even in the face of really obvious signs. Um, and, you know, and as you said, you're a nurse, so you knew, but your brain goes, oh, no, no, can't possibly be true, and it, it doesn't want to know about it, so it just runs
1: away and hides. Exactly. It, it was quite bizarre and I, was, I just said to my husband recently, I can't believe everything I thought was true is not true and I was teaching at one of the universities in Australia in the nursing school and I'm teaching nutrition and I'm, I'm now realising how I'm teaching the wrong thing. I'm teaching the guidelines but for me as someone with clear metabolic disorder, it's not the guidelines that I needed to follow. So that was a really perplexing situation for me.
0: Absolutely. So you're, you came home and you, and you met up with your friend and she said, oh, I know this these real-life medicine crew, you should have a look at them. And what did your brain do then? So
1: what happened to have that discussion is when I arrived in Australia in October last year, 2022, to settle my kids back in Australia because they have been living overseas with us and it's time for them to start their life university after finishing high school my blood pressure uh, my blood glucose started to get ridiculously high and i couldn't understand why because i was taking a weekly injection of trulicity it was stable in poland it really was all to do with the change of environment change of diet that the stress that we had been under through covid and it was a myriad of things and i went to my doctor and my renal function was not looking as it should for someone my age. Right.
0: So you really were profoundly unwell then with your with your metabolic syndrome and diabetes. It was
1: having some significant effects on you. It was having significant effects. And that was it for me. And I worked with the GP in Australia before I came to live in Switzerland to join my husband. And I said, I need to fix this. And then I was telling my girlfriend, who is also a nurse. And she said, this is what I found. I'm going to the uh, you had a, a conference, she said, I'm going to this. She said, have a look. And I said, look, when I get to Switzerland, I'll have a look. I said, but my mind at the moment sorting out the kids, making sure they're all settled, I'll get to it.
0: <laughs> it is a, um, it's a profoundly uh, common trait amongst women that we look after everyone else's needs first and we'll get to ours at some stage.
1: Yes, Exactly. And I've realised the mistake in that and I tell people now, don't put things off. I've got girlfriends in Australia who are amazed how much progress I've made and I tell them what I've done but they just they haven't got the brain space to think about it because there's so much going on in their lives. Absolutely. So
0: you then got back home and then what happened?
1: I said, well, I looked at it, I, I read up on it, I finally had the head space to think about it because I had, The house had already been unpacked, thankfully, because that's an arduous task every few years. (laughs) And um, I read about it and I said to my husband, I think I should try this. And he goes, oh, he's the devil's advocate in my life. (laughs) And he says, well, you try a lot of things. He said, really, you just need to exercise more and eat less. And I just looked at him cross-eyed and I went, I don't eat more than you. (laughs) and that was also the problem. I'm not eating enough, but I'm not eating enough of the right food. So he said, if you want to try it, try it and see what happens. So, and here we are, seven, what is it? I started in May. So I started looking at, in April, I made some changes in May and hit the first 12-week challenge in June, and I haven't looked back. And my husband is amazed.
0: <laughs> you now have momentum. Yes, which is what I, which is why we call it momentum, because that's what it is. You get started with just a little step, toe in, you know, make a couple of things, hope that it's going to be all right, and then you just get going, and it just, it just moves forward.
1: Yeah, and look at this, Look, it is so simple. Um, and look, I still have struggles. I think for me the incorporation of the mindset and the hypnosis has actually been a real change for me because I've always looked at that those concepts as yeah, it's all a bit hippie. A bit of fluff. Yeah, <laughs> a bit yeah, of yeah, fluff yeah. and look, I don't I don't need that. And uh, but I thought, you know, if I'm gonna embrace this, I've got to embrace it all. So I just started with one change and that was looking at my cupboards, removing everything as you do. Although I didn't throw things out, I put it in the cupboard where I couldn't see it. And actually mostly that's not a huge issue for me and my husband just eats the garbage that's left. But there's, after seven months there's not any carbage in the house anymore really. <laughs> so he'll be getting healthier. He'll be getting healthier by proxy. Yeah, he, he claims that um, the weight I've lost has gone to him. So. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, um, and so what, what's ha- how's your health these days? What's been happening?
1: So I have dropped my HbA1c from January 2022 from 12 to I think my last one was in September this year and it's now seven. Excellent. So I've been really pleased. The biggest drop came I think in June when I started it was nine and now it's down to seven and hopefully it gets down into the normal range. My endocrinologist here was not openly supportive of what I was doing. He sort of felt it was like low carb, it's really keto and you need to have carbohydrate and I said, I will prove you wrong. And so I've actually now sent him the link to him about what I'm doing because I turned up in his office recently for a check. My renal function is back to normal. I don't have a a huge albumin leak anymore which is just amazing because that was the turning point for me, you know, and it should have been a lot of other things. Uh, my blood pressure is stable. I only take quite a small dose of an antihypertensive, so they don't want to stop that at this point. And my glucose is sitting below, it depends. Some days it's sitting around six six 6.5, some days it's sitting around 7 or 8. And I always know when I've not been as focused on my what I'm eating by my glucose in the middle of the day.
0: But I think that, again, we, you know, one of our favourite sayings is progress, not perfection. But, you know, and you are showing enormous progress from a woman that was really profoundly unwell with type 2 diabetes, affecting your kidneys that were leaking protein. And for, you know, our our listeners, hemoglobin A1c is a measure of people's diabetic or glucose control. And 12 is what we would consider poor control. It means that her, your blood sugars were probably sitting around the 18s fairly frequently. So um, to then have it come down into seven and whilst it's not quite in a normal range, it is an optimal, like it's a great, it's amazing for someone with type two diabetes to be able
1: to reverse your disease. Yeah. And, and the endocrinologist here was like, this is amazing. He was just blown away by the change just in the three months between seeing him. He just he couldn't believe it. And then I did a two-week continuous glucose monitor because I wanted to educate myself on what foods affect me the most. I was really curious to understand that. And being a nurse, I, I liked a little bit of research and a little bit of science. So because the continuous glucose monitors here are outrageously expensive and being type 2 diabetes, your insurance will not pay for it. So it, it's like $180 a month. Australian dollars just for the little tag that goes on your arm so he just lent it to me for two weeks and for two weeks I looked at what I ate and I ate things that I used to eat just to see what it would do and I've learned so much about the food I eat and it's been amazing.
0: Yeah that's wonderful. It just
1: reinforced everything. Yeah
0: yeah absolutely and if I remember correctly, you posted a picture in the Facebook group recently about an achievement that you'd presumably didn't think was possible. So I'd love you to share that too.
1: So I've had two major achievements. The first one was the the picture I posted first was a dress. I have two dresses that I have kept for 23 years. I last wore these dresses because they were so expensive when I brought them, you know, 23 years ago, they were now they're not so expensive, but I last wore that dress two weeks before my wedding and it was firm then and a little bit too curvy and it was probably shouldn't have been wearing it. And now I put it on and it was loose. So I pulled out the second one and it was loose and I was just like, oh, I was so excited. I just stood there and cried. It was, <laughs> It was so funny. My husband goes, why are you crying? You look amazing. And I went, I know, but I never thought I'd wear these again. They've travelled the world with us. The dresses have been to eight countries. Yeah, (laughs) wow. One one of them I'd worn once and it was too firm, but to a Melbourne Cup event somewhere where we were living. And, um, yeah, I just cried my eyes out like a baby. It was was like laugh cry. (laughs) Yeah, 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 joy. Yeah, and my second big achievement recently is I participated in the Lausanne Marathon, the 10K event. I did the walk. And I nearly got mowed over by the Nordic walkers that they walk with their sticks because they move like (laughs) stealth. (laughs) But I finished it and I finished it five minutes under what I expected I'd finished it. So I was pretty happy. I was a bit sore afterwards because I do a lot of walking and I live on the side of a hill. Like, well, it's really a glacier without snow. It used to be a glacier a 1,000 years ago. And Lausanne is very hilly, so it's got three, four tiers. So we walk a lot in the vines, the vineyards, but normally we get the train or the bus to the top and we walk down because because my cardiac function is somewhat average and I'm not particularly fit. Going uphill is a struggle. So, And we walk down, but there's still some hills to go up, but it's just slow and easy wins the race, you know. Progress, not perfection. And so... I thought 10k be easy. I won't get sore because I'm walking on a weekend. I'll do 16,000 steps, and I was so sore the next day. I, I couldn't sit down. I had to. I actually cleaned the house, so I didn't have to sit down, and to keep the muscles moving.
0: Yeah, yeah. So walking the 10k—that's something you never thought you'd be able to do. You know, this time last year.
1: This time last year, that would not have been possible for me. I would have struggled with the distance. I would have struggled with the muscles, feet, although my feet are pretty strong, and just my fitness was shocking. So I would have said in, in May this year I could not have done it at all. There was one hill, and it's a very minor hill, but in May this year I couldn't walk up that hill. Now I can without stopping. So so they're all amazing achievements. <laughs>
0: Oh, totally. And when you posted that picture in the Facebook
1: group, everyone was so happy for you. Ah, and it's such reinforcement that you get from the group. And I remember when I first started, like everyone, you guys said in your your podcast and your support coaching calls is when you do this and you start posting photos, you'll start getting lots of comments and stuff and that will help feed and stuff. But you've got to remember that eventually the positive comments will stop and you've got to be able to sustain that. So for me, all these sort of wins and the non-scale victories, the scale victories are amazing for me. I'm I'm the lightest I've been. I'm, I'm smaller than the day I was married uh, in 2000. So these are all victories that sustain me and seeing everyone else's victories, it's like we can do this. It's been an incredible journey and not something I ever thought would happen.
0: Amazing. And I think one of our, you know, sayings in Momentum is that you're doing it for yourself but not by yourself.
1: Yeah. Exactly. I don't feel alone. And if I'm having a bad day, I can post about it and get get support and someone else will say, oh, I'm having a bad day too. This is what I've done. And so I found that environment really helpful. Adding the meditations. I'm a person who loves structure. So what I liked about the 12 weeks was on Saturday, the information would come through for me at, at midday because it was midnight in Australia. And so on Saturday afternoon, if I had time, I would already start the modules. And so every week I would, had, had a plan. I would do this and I would do that and I would do this. So for me, who loves everything lined up and ordered and how I have to do it, I found it super easy. The simplicity was was great. And I had the mind space to really think about challenging my views on meditation and hypnosis. I was always afraid of hypnosis because, you know, you might end up doing something you shouldn't.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There is no quacking, no quacking like a duck on our
1: hypnosis. (laughs) (laughs) So I found it super simple. So I'm probably struggling a little bit now because the structure is not the same, the material's there but it's not like it's new every week. There's so much to fish through. But I'm also doing intensive French at the moment because part of my visa conditions is to learn French and uh, let's say, on a pa, I don't know how good I'm doing. <laughs> but I, ha- I, have an e- I have an exam coming up and hopefully it will be done and dusted in 10 days and then I can refocus again on getting my structure back.
0: Indeed, indeed. So, I guess, um, you know, for you, you know, it's had a
1: profound change. You've had a profound change. Ah, oh, I can't believe I've had it. I kick myself every day. It's like, I cannot believe it. I see my shape go past the window and I'm actually looking at myself. I'm not trying to hide. Um, oh, I love that. I am going to need new clothes. <laughs>
0: That's the good luck, bad luck thing of of weight loss, isn't it? Yes, exactly. It's a good thing. And do you think that this is, you know, something that you'll be able to maintain? Like, you know, because that's been a lot of people go, I don't think it's, I don't think it's sustainable.
1: Uh, Totally sustainable. I am still losing weight and I'm doing it reasonably slowly and I still have my slip ups. I feel I've got a lot of carb creep at the moment because we've had a few celebrations and um, and I try to do the best I can, but sometimes it's a little hard to resist. I know I cannot have Pringles in my house, or crisps, or chips, or anything, because I love them, <laughs> and I can't just have one. So they're just not in the house. Although they are in the house at the moment because we had people bring them to a party last week. We had a we had a delayed housewarming, and I did all low carb food, and people didn't even know
0: no it's not hard it honestly it isn't once you you just need a little bit of space in your mind and the actual doing of it is easy
1: yeah it's it's so simple and it like i have the mind space my kids are doing well and you know they used to take up a lot of my time for various issues due to covid uh, related stress but you know things are going well and I like changing things from pasta, I, like, I think I've had pasta twice in the last seven months. Um, I went to Italy and I was terrified I was going to fall over in Italy and not eat. I went to Italy for a week. I met some friends from Australia there, some girlfriends. And it was so easy to maintain because it's interesting, not everyone eats pasta in Italy and, and I didn't eat any pizza because I'm not a big pizza fan anyway. Although the fat dough pizza is amazing,
0: yeah, fat. I know for pizza lovers, you can actually you can still you know have your pizza. What is it? Have your cake and eat it too. You can have your pizza and eat it too.
1: Exactly. <laughs> but I think the most important thing is that the self compassion. You know, I used to kick myself when I'd slip up, and now maybe I think I'm a bit too self compassionate at the moment. Uh, but <laughs> it's... oh no no no, you're onto it. So firm but fair. I'm the boss of me, and that that resonates. You guys said that from the beginning. You are the boss of you. Is it helpful or unhelpful? So just changing the words, how I spoke about how I ate, has made an incredible difference.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, you're still a work in progress, and I think that's why we, you know, really spend our time with the, that self-compassion because for decades, you know, you put yourself at the bottom of the heap You tried dieting, you learnt, you know, some tools that are probably unhelpful long-term. And so it's unlearning that behaviour and those stories and relearning the new ones, which, you know, to quote Pantene, doesn't happen overnight, but it does
1: happen. (laughs) Yeah, it's amazing. It it took a while for the changes to start. I would say, (sighs) I think maybe by week 8 I started to see real positive changes in the 12 weeks and I did start losing reasonably quickly I think about week 4 or week 5 but actually seeing the changes in my in myself was probably around week 8 and it was quite amazing I still pinched myself
0: I know, and what I just love, and, and again, our listeners won't be able to see you on the camera, but just, you know, your skin's clear, you're vibrant, you just look well. Yeah,
1: and my fingernails, I cannot believe my fingernails are healthy and they were never terrible, but I just thought they're stronger. It's amazing how much damage I was doing to my body before this.
0: Well, again, it's—I uh, th- it's always helpful to know, though, that our body is an incredible organ. It can repair if given the opportunity, as yours has. And this is, we always say to people, it's never too late. People are never too old. It's never too late. You can always start. And the best time to start, you know, for a lot of people might have been a few years ago, but the second best time
1: is now. Exactly. That's exactly it. And I said to people recently, I didn't tell anyone. I was going on this journey. I decided to keep it a secret and my husband did let the cat out of the bag because he sent the photos that he took of me in my dresses um, because he was so proud and he was excited for me and he didn't realise that I hadn't told anyone. So the family were like, oh, my God, what are you doing? And I said, I am eating healthy, real food all the time. And they said, but don't you miss? I said, I'm not missing anything. I said, if I feel like a potato, I eat a potato, but I eat one potato. I don't eat ten potatoes. Interestingly, potato doesn't affect my glucose as much as white flour. That stuff is the devil. (laughs)
0: Well, I think, you know, white flour doesn't have any starches or fiber. You know, it's not a whole food. Like a potato comes as a whole food. It makes quite a bit of difference if you, how you prepare it. So people that do a fine mash, for example, will often have, that'll put glucose up compared
1: to a baked potato. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So I don't have potato often, but occasionally I'll have a small potato, but mostly I love the cauliflower mash.
0: Indeed. And you know what? You are the boss of you. It doesn't have to be perfect. It has to be consistent. So if you're doing eating low carb real food most of the time and you're honest with your brain about what's going on, then you will always get results. It's just incredible. And Sharon, you have changed the trajectory of your health and your future. Future Sharon. It's going to be looking back and thanking current Sharon for change.
1: Ah, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm not looking back.
0: I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast. And for all our lovely listeners, if you relate to Sharon's story and you want to be part of Momentum, please, now's the time. The doors are open and all you need to do is toddle over to our website at all the W's, rlmedicine.com forward slash Momentum, and you can. Join our beautiful crew. It is the most supportive, lovely, safe and just incredible environment and full, mainly because it's full of incredible women. And, you know, Mary and I are blessed and honoured to be part of their journey. So go check it out. All right, lovelies, uh, I will see you next week. Have a wonderful, wonderful week. Bye for now. The information shared On the Real Health and Weight Loss podcast, including show notes and links, provides general information only. It is not a substitute, nor is it intended to provide individualised medical advice, diagnosis or treatment, nor can it be construed as such. Please consult your doctor for any medical concerns.